Welcoming all dog lovers to the show. This is Krista with episode number 25 on the Wag Out Loud podcast. Here's today's canine fun fact. Did you know that eggs are a great source of very digestible protein, riboflavin, and selenium? The amino acid profile of egg protein matches your dog's biological needs, making it a very healthy addition to their meals. And your best bet is to use cooked, cage-free eggs, as raw egg whites can cause biotin deficiency. Welcome to the Wag Out Loud podcast, where we cater to dogs and the people who love them, bringing you helpful tips on canine health care, nutrition, and overall well-being. I'm your host, Krista Karpowicz, and I am super excited to be bringing you yet another tail-wagging episode. Hello, listeners. Today, we have Amy Bud back on the show. She is the founder of Big Bear Pet Company and has been critter crazy her entire life. Amy's initial path in college was veterinary medicine, but after working in a clinic, after she obtained her bachelor's and realizing she was the worst combination of Dr. Doolittle and Dr. Harriet, it became obvious that that was not the best plan for her. Amy then came to the pet industry almost 20 years ago, somewhat by accident, and initially wanted to provide baked treats for horses and dogs. Her passion grew beyond yummy treats for tail wags and whinnies into wanting to provide premium nutrition for our beloved family members. As her knowledge base grew about the industry, it fueled the fire to provide real whole food for pets that owners could trust. Amy, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Krista. Yes. Well, if you guys listened to Amy before, you would have heard what we are seeing in the very complicated pet food industry. And today we're going to talk to Amy about what she saw and why she felt so compelled to start her own dog food company. She knew there had to be a better way. So Amy, I would love for you to start. Just tell us how you fell into this. You have a degree in animal science. So share with us how you accidentally got into the pet food business. Yeah, it's kind of a almost a funny story. I at the time I was a horseback riding instructor, single parent, and had an opportunity. I I was hitting that stage with my own kids that they were needing to be driven different places, and so teaching riding lessons in the afternoon to other people's kids was not working. I needed to take care of my own, and I had an opportunity to buy a pet food delivery business. And keep in mind, this was twenty years ago. Nobody was doing that thought, gosh, this is an opportunity. I had already kind of dabbled in the, the, the cookie side of things and thought, okay, I could do pet food and the treats and I'll be okay. And so I started learning really at that point about, this was at a point in time where if anybody's been around as long as I have Innova and that at the point in time was like the super premium pet food. I don't know if you even remember that food, but it was a kibble diet. It was a privately held company. 
And they, at that point in time, were manufacturing. They had their own facility and were doing all of their own manufacturing. They were not having someone else do the co-packing for them. So I started learning about the industry and that led me to start really looking at companies and think, okay, uh, why do these guys stand out? Why is this a super premium food versus the $10 bag I can go to, you know, the grocery store and buy? And so that's really what kind of started my education process so that I learned about the quality of ingredients, the actual manufacturing process. It kind of blew me away. At one point, as my cookie business grew, I then started looking for someone to manufacture for me. And going through that process of visiting different plants around the country, interviewing different companies, finding out just how ingredient sourcing works, um, you know, actually doing a, a product to scale instead of just doing it at home was fascinating. It was also horrifying. So I, I had the learning curve with both my, I guess, my pet food delivery business and then my own product that I, I wanted to scale up and bake the treats, the horse treats and the dog treats. And as I began to really look at these companies, um, two raw food companies emerged on the market nature's variety and far more. And they were actually, um, far more was co-packed by nature's variety at the time. And they were brand new in the raw food market. That's how long, I, like I say, I, you know, raw food emerged about that time when I still had my delivery business. And I started looking at these and I thought, gosh, I could do this. So as I went through again and looked at the process, I, did take an odd tangent um, when I formulated my initial foods. I have dear friends, and of course, 20 years ago, it was weird, weird, weird to say this. Um, I actually <laughs> fed panels of cats and dogs, and I had three different animal communicators interview them. And I asked what they liked, what they didn't like, how it felt, what was hard to digest, what was easy to digest. I never would share that with anybody because, you know, 20 years ago, that was like going to the... That's food. Yeah, exactly. Land of Oz. Now it's a little more mainstream to say, oh yeah, I've got an animal communicator. So that's really why, believe it or not, I, I wanted to formulate a food that the animals actually had a voice in creating. Love it. Yeah. So that's really what started the path. Of course, as I learned more... Um, I don't want to say I overcomplicated it, but it, it, what was interesting time and time again from the animal's perspective is that we've made this too hard and we continue to make it too hard. So, you know, in our previous podcast, we talked a little bit about how to feed your dog without making yourself crazy. And I feel like I made your listeners a little bit crazy <laughs> uh, from the animal's perspective. Truly less is more. They don't need all of the, the crazy supplements that I think we've been believed to, you know, think we need to add to pet food. I had a conversation with a woman, in fact, the other day, she buys a commercial pet food that is labeled complete and balanced for her pet, and she is supplementing that food. I said, my gosh, why? And she's like, well, I'm just afraid they're not getting their B vitamins. I said, okay, dear Lord, but if you're looking at that, and it's already saying it's complete and balanced, it has all of the vitamins, you're actually giving them too much at toxic levels. Right. So one of the things I chose to do differently with my foods 
the AFCO book, so the American, gosh, we just went through this. Fee, American Association of Fee Control okay. Officials. <laughs> I don't know why I can't grasp that today, but the guidelines that are put out, manufacturers are given ranges. Okay, so for say vitamin A, for example, I've got my book open here right now. I'm given a range as a manufacturer of 5,000 international units all the way up to 750,000. Are you kidding? No. And what are you supposed to do with that? So I look at that and I'm just like, dear God, okay, yeah, why, why, first of all, throw a dart. Yes, exactly. That, and it's such a huge range. So I chose when I did my food to really, like I say, listen to what the animals, kind of their wisdom in all of this. And everything I do is at the very low end of that spectrum. Again, you've got a, a a guideline in place that was designed for a very, very highly processed, extruded, manufactured, kibbled diet, not for a home-cooked diet, not for a raw food diet. So I don't, in my heart, believe that that kibble diet, the home-cooked and the raw food diet are all digested or assimilated the same. We're not competing apples to apples. You've got oranges, apples, and kiwis is in my mind. So I try very hard when I formulate my foods to be on that low end with one exception. I do for the kitties absolutely make sure there is an adequate level of taurine only because F can not. Mm -hmm. And that's very important. Right. Make that conversion of that amino acid on their own. Dogs truly though are, are, I hate to say we oversimple. They're just dogs are simple. Oh, they have a very simple digestive system. And that brings me to one thing I wanted to talk to you about. With your food, you offer both dehydrated as well as raw. And I know when people ask me about raw, oh, aren't the dogs more prone to salmonella or E. coli bacteria? And I know I tell them, Anybody that's freaked out about it is freaked out because of the human, not the dog. The dogs have a very short digestive system, and they should not have any problems with a little extra bacteria. It's the people, and if you don't handle the food correctly, then you could have some bacterial problems. But it's just like your own meat that you handle for your own food. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. And part of the, the change right now and a lot of what you're hearing in the raw food industry, as far as the guidelines that are now kind of coming down the pipeline and these companies that are choosing to do the HPP, the high pressure pasteurization on their raw food, is exactly that reason. It's really not about the safety of the food for the dog. It's about the safety of the food for the human handling the dog food. So I choose not to do that. I am not a fan of HPP. I think there's not enough good research about what the long-term effect is. If you talk to any bodybuilder, um, they were the first ones. And if you Google denatured protein, you'll actually find a lot of information about um, bodybuilders. And they found years ago the detrimental effects of denatured proteins. And I've asked over and over again of, many different processors. I'm like, okay, if the high pressure pasteurization process is designed to rupture a bacteria cell, that's really what it does. 
so that if there is any bacteria present in the food, it's now the cell is um, basically ruptured, torn apart, so that when the food is thawed, handled by humans, then the, it, in theory, won't grow. But if you've got a protein molecule that's made up of cells, what are you doing to those cells? No one yet been able to answer that question for me to my satisfaction. And again, I hate to go off on nerdy science, but there's a little common sense part of my brain that says, okay, how can you have a detrimental effect on one cell and not another? Right. I don't know. And I, like I say, if anybody, you know, listening has a great answer, I would love an email. (laughs) (laughs) So I choose not to do that. I am very proactive with my own food. Um, And again, because I am manufactured in a human food facility, I have a whole different set of requirements. Yeah, can you talk about that a little bit, Amy? That you are very particular about your processing and how you go above and beyond the USDA, FDA. Because it is not... Right. It is not regulated. So the, the raw food industry, I do. I, I made a choice, again, a very conscious choice as I started looking at the manufacturing side of the business um, at how poorly regulated it is. And I chose to kind of take it to the next level and uh, use only human edible ingredients and manufacture to human food standards. And now with the FDA's involvement in the industry, again, and that really happened because of consumer safety, not because of pet safety, not because of food safety. Um, That's really what the FDA's job is, is to keep the consumer safe. But now that the FDA has gotten involved, I have an additional requirement. So I test, I physically cannot remove my food from the facility until we have a test result back that says it's negative for E. coli and salmonella. So manufacturers are kind of in that boat as far as if they're choosing to go down a higher level of processing, they either need to have the kill step, which there's a lot of raw food companies that do that now. They, they really are you know, trying to advocate for the consumer. So they do do the HPP as the kill step. I choose to source a better quality ingredient and I test the food. And like I say, I don't know if you're familiar, we have a wonderful lion sanctuary here in Colorado. I have fed the lions. In fact, we're almost on a first name basis out there because if the food does not pass, then, you know, I'm, I, I just, it, we have to donate it. So we feed the lions. I, there was a period of time I was feeding the lions. Lucky them. <laughs> Well, and it's hard. So I actually chose to eliminate my chicken, my chicken, turkey, um, cat food instead of do the HPP. And it's almost impossible to get a negative salmonella test uh, back with the guidelines. Now they um, require you to heat the product. Again, the common sense has gone out the window on this little deal, but the test that I have to comply with. So the product is taken from the manufacturing facility, frozen, given to the laboratory. They're required to thaw it, heat it for four hours to 140 degrees, which is prime bacteria growing season, and then test the food. Whatever food is left. Well, so what's interesting is there used to be the acceptable, there used to be an allowance because chicken is just known, even clean chicken has salmonella. And so um, there used to be so many parts per million that was considered a negative. And now with the FDA's involvement, it is zero tolerance. So if there is one salmonella organism in a 500 pound batch of food, whole batch of food is condemned, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. 
So you're not, you're not including chicken anymore. No, because I, like I say, I just don't feel confident at this point with the HPP process. And like I say, if somebody's listening and has a good answer, I'd love to love to hear it. And one thing I do want to point out with all of Amy's products, that every ingredient that goes into her food must be human edible to even enter the plant. Is that correct? That is correct. So, and it's, and I, and I get the question a lot about the bone. So part of what constitutes uh, human edible, because of course you and I are not going to go <laughs> typically eat bone meal. A lot of it is just how the product is handled. So in the facility, uh, when they are grinding bone and they're actually, when they're, whenever they're harvesting animals, processing any bone, so it has to be in a cool environment. So the room that the conditions, they've got to be at 30 degrees, you know, obviously nothing can touch the floor. Everybody is in hair nets. So a lot of it is just how the product is handled. Even the bone meal is considered, quote, human edible, even though you and I would never eat that. But because it's handled to human food specifications, that's how they can allow it into the pet food. And Amy, let's get into your actual products. You have different brands under the Big Bear name. Let's yes. talk about your let's talk about your raw food first. What do you have as your offerings in that category? Yeah, so I've got Hoorah. <laughs> Cute. Yeah, well, I, I know I had to, I did have one guy email me once and he said, Is this a military outfit? You know, because he <laughs> took it as and so I was like, Oh well, yeah, Semper Fi, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, we can go any direction you want with Hoorah. Anyway, we just, I wanted something that was fun. So, so I've got Hoorah that is both for dog and cats. And I have the Hoorah for dogs in kind of two, two different varieties. I do, and again, over time I learned, you know, and feeding different, you know, having the pet food delivery business first was so, so helpful because we've got so many dogs with allergies, health issues, I just found that having the meat separate from all of the vegetable blends was really easy. It's easy to rotate. Uh, if people want to do the prey model diet, great. It's the right proportions. The calcium phosphorus is in balance. If you want to just throw down a meat patty, boom, you're done. Yahoo. Uh, if you want to get more creative and you know do the vegetable blends, great. You're going to be in that 80-20 category still of, of meat to veggies. I also then do the hoorah one step where I have the dehydrated vegetables added to the product for you so that you can just um, do a one and done if you want to feed meat and veggies and you don't want to have to mix. And is that frozen, the hoorah? Yes. And so all of the meat patties are frozen. I've got beef, bison, and lamb. Everything is locally sourced in Colorado. Uh, all of our meats, of course, are USDA inspected meats. There's no added hormones, no added antibiotics, grass fed. Yeah, we, we, I, I've tried to set the bar very, very high. <laughs> and we thank you for that. And our dogs thank you for that. Sure, it's not easy. It's been really fun, though. I've had a lot of people tell me their dogs have beef allergies. They can't eat beef. You know, their ears blow up, whatever it is that happens with their dog. And I've got several um, that have been able to eat the beef because it's clean and not have those issues. Right. So that's pretty satisfying. 
And tell us about your dehydrated food line. Yeah, so we've also got a gently cooked food line as well. And then the dehydrated is relatively new for me. Uh, And I did it initially um, in single serving packets because we've got such an active lifestyle here. And so I did it for people that are hiking, camping, you know, want to take their dog on a trip. It was super convenient, easy, open a packet, add water, boom, you're done. Uh, But people were saying, gosh, we love this food so much. Can we get it, you know, in a bigger package? Uh, And it's been great for my raw food feeders. They've been able to feed the dehydrated, switch back and forth without the digestive upsets. Same thing. It's beautiful product. It's got big chunks of meat. It's not, um, there's several dehydrated foods, of course, on the market, and a lot of them uh, just look like powder. And when you make it up, it's like oatmeal. And my food's, again, all human edible. It's USDA inspected chicken and beef, um, and it's big chunks. So I am very proud of that product. I love it. And my dog, Winston, loves it too. I (laughs) will say that uh, I've been feeding the dehydrated, and it's, it's nice to rotate those as well because you have it seems almost seasonal the mixes and it's turning to summer now so Winston now gets his vegetable and fruits and those that's the base uh, the 20 percent and then I add the rotated proteins oh you're talking about the, the dehydrated veggie blends yes Ah, so, okay. So I've got the five dehydrated vegetable blends, right, that go with the the meat patties or for people that want to do their own home prepared diet, the vegetable portion then is super easy. You can hydrate, throw it in your food and you're done. But I also have a complete um, dehydrated food. Excellent. With, with meat. Yeah. That's, a, again, a great travel option if you don't want to travel with raw. Love it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Winston's gonna have to try that. Right. Let's <laughs> <laughs> up with some good little samples for Winston. Oh well, thank you, Amy. Yeah. So you are here in Colorado in my backyard, but I know that anybody can buy online. Is that correct? Is that true with all of your products? Yeah, we only shipped uh, obviously in the United States at this point. Unfortunately, we're not in Canada, and we do not ship internationally. Um, but we do ship in the contiguous United States. And yes, you can visit us at bigbearpet.com. And we do have a special coupon for your listeners. That's W-O-L for Wag Out Loud. And that is good for a 20% discount on anything you choose to purchase, raw, dehydrated, or our cooked foods. People take advantage of that because that is amazing. 20% off. And I can vouch for Amy and her products are amazing. And Winston could be the poster child. So check it out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Another funny, crazy thing to source, you know, so all of the vegetable blends are non-GMO, which again, almost unheard of. They're all human edible. That was one of my favorite stories. My mom used to help me mix those in the beginning and she would, stand there and eat the okra and I was like, what are you doing she's like well you said it's human food I said well yes I didn't mean for you to eat it all <laughs> delicious yeah so I said I'm gonna tell people you eat dog food mom oh no Amy do you have any quick stories for us that people have said what a difference that your food has made in their dog's life oh 
Yes, I was going to say, and really probably that's the one thing that just kind of keeps me going. And, you know, it's the, the love hate relationship, I guess I have with, with, you know, pets in the industry. And that was probably the one reason I decided not to go to vet school is, you know, you lose them way too soon. And unfortunately we always seem to outlive them, but Yes, I've had several um, diabetic dogs that uh, the vegetables have changed their life. Cancer dogs, same thing. You know, I love hearing people's stories. I've got lots of kitty stories of, you know, cats that have, um, I had a rescue kitty. She was almost bald and uh, licking, 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 switched over. She's doing the cooked food and um, she has a full hair coat. In fact, the people at the rescue didn't even recognize her when they took her back just to visit. Yeah. So yeah, food, you know, uh, it was a great quote I heard and it, it can either be the best form of medicine or the slowest form of poison. That is true. I just put that on my Facebook page earlier this week. Yeah. So, you know, I try to live by that, um, do the best I can. Well, Amy, we want to thank you for spending time here today and for being so diligent with your processing and your food I really appreciate it. And I encourage all of our listeners to check out bigbearpet.com. And again, Amy has been so gracious in giving us a 20% off your first order on anything on the site. So remember to put W-O-L as your coupon code, standing for WAG Out Loud. And Amy, thank you so much for being on today. I definitely want to have you back on in the future. You've got so much to share. Well, thank you, Krista. I appreciate that. Thanks for listening to the Wag Out Loud podcast. If you enjoy the show, please be sure to subscribe, and we'd love to hear your comments. You can find out more by visiting wagoutloud.com, and there you'll find great product recommendations and fantastic resources. That's also where to visit our Bark About It page, where you can suggest topics, guests, or products. I appreciate you. Catch you next time.